and uh, a few weeks ago or, or last year, I preached a message and, and dealing with that on kicking devil hiney and just taking, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to get mad enough to fight and uh, to stand up. And so as we're kind of looking at this tonight, we're going to look at a few things and just want to encourage you in standing in your faith. And uh, we covered this a little bit a couple times and uh, it uh, we're going to get to an area here to where uh, tonight we're looking at it. And, and I found over the years and, and it really is, it is a fight to stay centered in the Word of God. It's a fight. Um, when you listen to people talk and the circumstances and the situation that we face with all the challenges and the things that come against us, it's so easy just to settle down into tradition. And we're going to find out tonight, it's where Jesus said, and, 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 and he came then and said, you through your tradition have made the word of God of no effect. And it takes a real battle to keep the word of God active and effective in our life. Not just something we agree with and, and believe in, but we actually see it coming to pass. Amen? So we really want to see that. So it's a battle. So I, I still have it on your outline, cover your outline. Genesis 15 and verse 1 is where the Lord said to, to Abraham after making covenant with these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your what? Shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham, I am your shield. Wow. We're going to define that for you in a few moments. And your exceeding great reward. How many know when God says that to you, that just about settles everything right there? How you been? He is your shield. So make this confession with me tonight. Father, we are thankful for the covenant we have with you sealed in the blood of your son. We declare that we are of faith, sons of Abraham and joint heirs, being blessed with believing Abraham. We stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free. We now boldly in faith call upon your full provision contained in your covenant in Christ. We pray, we believe, and we receive in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, Luke chapter 5, if you want to turn back there with me. And we began here a few weeks ago, and tonight we want to just continue on a little bit and, and uh, maybe tie a knot in this. And just for us, we'll be uh, three steps ahead of those on Sunday morning. Because we'll just stir up our faith a little bit and preparing for that leap of faith. And uh, it is, uh, you know, it's interesting. Every time God did something great through people's life, He didn't do it through the people that we would have expected Him to do it through. And I think sometimes that's what happens. I, I think we overly disqualify ourselves from being used by God. We, some, for some reason, we have this aversion. People have an aversion of going out of their way to disqualify themselves. But somehow God can't, for some reason, God couldn't do something, because of whatever, God couldn't do something great through us. Wait a minute, if He does it through it, it's going to be all Him flowing through you. Amen? It's not going to be you doing it. It's going to be God working through you. He's going to make all the provision for it to happen. So, 
it's, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. If you, if you look at this, amazing. This little thing on my ear is a microphone. And it's amazing that it has this little itty bitty thing right on the end. That's making all this noise. Okay? And there's literally being my, well, I'm just, I could never do anything great. I'm just so small. I'm not a big microphone. You know, you would think, well, maybe I should have one like this. This would be so much more effective. Okay? It'd be very cumbersome, but it would be. We would think that this would be more effective. But yet this is the most efficient microphone that we have. It's it's amazing. But for some reason, we, through comparison, love to disqualify ourselves from being used by God, from anything great happening through our life. Don't let that happen. The one who brings those voices to you and those thoughts to you is not God. That's the devil. Because it's God. But watch this. All this does is receive my voice and transmit it, allow my voice to go through it, to be able to be amplified and come out through there. And that same principle is what happens. When you allow God's word to come into your life and to flow through your life, he'll cause it to be amplified to the degree that he ordained for it to happen. Do you understand what I just said? When you allow God's word to travel through you, when you just become the receptor, okay, this little microphone is your life. And God's word is like my voice. When you just receive the word and allow the word to flow through you, he's in charge of the amplification. It's his power. This doesn't have any power in it. This is connected to power. Do you understand that? And so when I just believe in the connection that I have in God, I'm connected to God. I'm a joint heir in Christ. I am in Christ. So I'm connected to his power. And if I would just hear his word and receive his word, it'll flow through me. And he will provide the power or the amplification that he wants to bring to his word through my life. Amen? Praise the Lord. So look at the cover of your outline here. And then we're going to read through verse Luke chapter 5. As God's people, we have this decision to make when it comes to how we will face the challenges of life. Anybody ever had to face a challenge? Amen. Are you going to face, face it on your own or are you going to face it with confidence in God? Two, two ways to face challenge. Either on your own or with God. The only option. So, what will we use Well, let me go back. There's a third way that we think we can do it. And a lot of times we think that I can face my challenge by relying on other people. I mean, no, that doesn't always work that well. People generally want to help, but most people have their own circumstances and problems. And then we get upset when people don't help us. Wait a minute. They may need some help themselves. Cut them some slack. (laughs) Amen. But God is always willing to help. Amen? So so we have to make the choice. What will we use for a compass to guide us through the sea of life? Everyone is faced with the same choices and challenges. They may come dressed up differently, but at the core, they're the same. 
Man has accomplished a lot of great things. How many ever heard people say, well, you just don't know what I'm going through? Oh, give me a major break. Amen. Everybody's been through stuff together. People in life, and there's 20, come on, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet, over 7 billion people on the planet, and you're like the only original, whatever. All right. All right. So... At the core, they're the same. Man has accomplished a lot of great things and has found answers and cures for a lot of the ailments of life. I would venture to say that most of the greatest discoveries were connected to a loss which produced determination to do something about it. And even in our walk with God, sometimes we have to get to the place where, you know what, I'm just fed up accepting mediocre. I'm fed up accepting just a head knowledge, just a head faith. I'm really determined to really live and to walk by faith and to see God's word come to pass. Many spend their entire life searching for an answer. What if we were to go after God with the same desire and intensity to understand the surety of his word and to tap into the power of his promise? Just go after God, believe in God. Amen. Like that, I, I never forget that old story. There's a guy who was going along in a situation, and and uh, this little lady, saint in the church, came. The pat, it was at home and had a situation going on. The pastor comes and visiting her, and she's sharing her whole story with him. And said, "Well, sister, we're going to pray." And she goes, "Oh my God, has it come to that?" All right, you guys will get that later. <laughs> All right. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Jesus himself will withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So what did Jesus do? Withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. What did Jesus do? Withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Who was Jesus? He was the Son of God. What did the Son of God do? Separated himself and prayed. Amen. So yes, it's come to that. There'll be times when you're definitely going to have to separate yourself and pray if you want the power of God flowing through your life. Somebody say amen. Verse 17, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judah, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to what? Was present to heal who? All those that were sitting around him, right? So it means that to me, the reference and the connotation in that passage of Scripture there is this, is that in that crowd, in that group, there were those who could have used the power of God to heal them. There were those in that group that could have used God's power showing up on their behalf for healing. But none of them are receiving anything. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Let me ask you this. What what does that verse say to you? Huh? They were desperate. And, And what else? Huh? They had faith. And, okay, and what else? So they're desperate. They have faith. What, what else are they doing? Huh? They're acting. But, but how take that even further. Okay, well, they're being good friends. Good. Huh? Well, okay, even more than that, because what, what did we read they do? They came. They couldn't get in. 
They made a way. So, so I mean, if, if you, huh? Michael said determination. yeah. So there they are. They're determined. And in their determination, what are they doing? Huh? Being creative. Yeah. Well, they're just in, in that determination. They're not giving up. So they're there to get their answer, whatever it takes. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to get my answer. So it's kind of like when it came to prayer. Remember that the, the scripture of the woman who was persistent in prayer? See, Jesus said, ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking. And, and so it's that continuing. So refusing to be denied. Amen. That determination where you refuse to be denied. Well, I can't get in. Well, the crowd's are big. Well, I guess we'll just. Today, most people go, well, you know, we couldn't get in. I guess we have to get up. You're just going to have to remain on. We tried. We brought you to church. We tried, but it was crowded. We couldn't get in. You know, they didn't call your name. But what? So we make excuses for failure. They refuse to fail. Do you get that? We make excuses for failure. They refuse to fail. Not themselves, their friend. They were determined that their answer was in the house and they were going to get their friend to his answer. So when he saw their faith, the faith of his friends, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your heart, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise and take up your bed and walk, but that you may know. Everybody say, but that you may know. Amen. Uh, yesterday morning, the Spirit of God led me to go back and read through First uh, John again. You know, in First John, in I th- just a little over a hundred uh, verses, in uh, I think 105, 111 verses, something like that. So less than 120 verses in those uh, uh, five chapters of First John. Do you have any idea how many times it says? That you may know. That refers to to us knowing, to having confidence in God. 29 times. 29 times. Over almost one out of five verses. (laughs) It's, It's a great study. Just read through it. A lot of times I'll do that, and, and, and I'll read through a chapter, or I'll, or I'll read through a, a, a book like that, and I go through, and I highlight different things. If you read through the Gospel of Matthew, re, read through the Matthew sometime and underline, that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. It's just a fun way to do Bible study. And do your devotion sometime. But, but, but just read through. In fact, go, go with me to 1 John real quick and I'll get you started. Because it begins in 1 John, in, in the first chapter, just saying that, that, that uh, our fellowship with God and how to walk in fellowship with Him. How to keep sin out of our life. But chapter 2 starts out like this. 1 John Chapter 2, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for who? The whole world. 
Look at verse 3. Now by this we know. That's the first one. By this we know. Everybody say we know. So by this we know. What? That we know Him if we keep His commandments. How do we know that we know Him? People have all these questions. It's amazing if you just read your Bible how many answers you get to your questions. How can I know if I know God? How can I know if I'm saved? Keep His commandments. Live in obedience to the Word. Don't make it up as you go. Make it live it as He said. I'm doing all right? I said that, so, so by this we know. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And so if you go on from right there, from chapter 3 on, you'll find 29 times the word know, that you may know, using different variations, known 29 times between there. Go to chapter 5. Just turn over to the end of it. Watch that. Look at verse 8. A18. We know, everybody say, we know. Look at this. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Who has been born of, who, who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one touches not. Look at verse 19. We know. We are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Look at verse 20. And we know. Like, well, I just don't know. Well, how can you not know? And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us and and what? An understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, and His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. When I read that, that's assuring to me that I I can know something. And look what Jesus said. So that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. That's why I got off on this. So that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man, rise up and walk. But God wants you to know some things. Do you you understand what I'm saying tonight? God wants us to know some things. I know it. I cannot convince you. They're trying to convince our kids with common core education today that regular math isn't regular math. That two plus two is not four. It's a purple banana eaten by a green chimpanzee or something. It's the weirdest stuff you've ever seen in your life. But how many know two plus two is four? You, You know that. You're convinced. I can't tell you that it's five. I can't tell you there's anything else. You know, they, they had that thing on there. Uh, there. There's a video clip, and you can get up with uh, 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 Abbott and Costello, and he's making, he does this crazy math to adding stuff up, and Luke Costello, Abbott, well, that's 27. No, it's not 27. It's got to be more, and da 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 He's uh, moving everything the way around, doesn't he? makes it there. But it's wrong, but it turns out the right way. So, I guess it is. So, anyway, how many know what I'm saying? But the world is always trying to twist things around just a little bit. The devil. And for you to live by faith and receive, you have to settle what you know and not be moved off of it. Jesus said to them, he said, so that you may know. The purpose of the healing of the man wasn't just to flex his muscles to prove that he could. It was so they would know something. 
and they would know about forgiveness of sins. Amen? So watch it. Look inside your outline. Get this. God can only do His Word. Whatever your concept of what God can do, will do, might do, that's wonderful that you have nice, fluffy, airy thoughts about God. But the only thing God is ever going to do is His Word. He cannot do anything else. God can only do His Word. Now let me interject this. I have it at the end, but I'll just throw it in right now. When Jesus went about, in fact, just go with me to Acts chapter 10. Watch this. We can begin in verse 36, but let me ask you the question. How did Jesus minister as God or as man? Huh? Man. Okay. So Jesus, everything he did in his earthly ministry, let me ask you, did he do it as God, the Son of God, or did he do it as a man? As a man. Okay. So... What playing field does that put him on with us? Level. The same. Amen? The exact same. All right? So he did it as a man anointed by God and exercising the authority of God's word. Everything Jesus did was Old Testament. Was Old Covenant. He was enacting the fulfillment of the promise of the covenant. Do you understand that? So it was just, he was just doing the word. He's anointed by God, anointed with the Holy Ghost by God, preaching the word. And the word is producing. Are you with me? Producing faith. But it's also producing these marvelous answers in people's eyes. Acts 10 and verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed through all of Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Look at verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the what? Holy Spirit and with what? Power. Who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How I many know that verse right there applies to you? That God has anointed you with the Holy Ghost and power, and when you and I preach and proclaim and declare and stand on the Word of God, then the same type of answers will come through our lives. Are you with me? But it gets us back to that place of having to be diligent, having to fight, having to break out of that and to stay fixed on the Word of God and nothing else. Because God can only do His Word. So we must be willing to speak, declare, and stand upon the Word. He can only do His Word, and He will do His Word. You and I have to be convinced of that in the Word of God. Stay with me. And with that, that means that we must be fully convinced. Not just halfway convinced, but fully convinced in His Word. 
And that's why I challenged you a few months ago or a few weeks ago to build your faith journal. And by that, when I said start reading through Psalms and reading through Proverbs, and then as you're writing that, make the Word of God personal. Personalize the Word of God. Find scriptures of promise and protection. Come on, when you read 3 John, it says, I know. Instead of we know, make it I know. Amen. Make the word of God personal to you and write it out. Make the word of God come alive to you. Put yourself in it. So make the word yours. Why? Because sometimes our only available means of transportation is going to be the leap of faith. Sometimes your only means of getting to your answer is just that leap of faith. Well, I'm just going to trust God's word, stand on his word, and that is it. The word shield, as I read to you, instead of define it to you, uh, what God said to Abraham, I am your shield, okay, and your exceeding great reward. Psalms 144 verses 1 and 2 says this. Watch this. Blessed be the Lord. Look what, Now this is David. Listen to what David is saying. This is David's declaration. This is David's confession. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Who trains my hands for what? For war. And my fingers for what? For battle. My loving kindness. My fortress. My high tower. My deliverer. My Shia. What is he saying God is to him? All of those things. When I begin to declare that over my that's what I mean. Have a faith journal. Make these declarations over your life. God, I thank you that you are my rock. You are the one who trains my hands for war and my fingers to battle. You are my loving kindness. You are my fortress. You are my high tower. You are my deliverer. You are my shield. And the one in whom I take refuge. You are the one who subdues my people under me. Wow. Amen. Isn't God good? Think about that. You want some others? All right. I, I didn't have room. I was going to put all these in your outline. But I'm going to read these. Ver- I put them to you. You can go back and read them yourself. Let me read these to you. Listen to this. Psalms 84, verses 9 through 12. Oh God, look down with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. Oh, just one day hanging out with God. It's better than a thousand days anyplace else. Wow. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord, you know, you go down to Hollywood, you look at all those stuff, the big old houses up all over there. You don't know all the crazy stuff that goes in there. You know all the goofies that go in there. I would rather just be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes with the wicked. For the Lord is our sun and our shield. The Lord God is our sun and our shield. Wow. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Deuteronomy 33, 29. These references are in your outline there, but I'm reading them to you. Listen, how blessed are you, O Israel? Who else is like you? A people saved by the Lord. He is your protecting shield and your triumphant sword. Your enemies will cringe before you and you will stomp on their backs. Glory to God. Need to have some back stomping faith. 
Lord, that's what I'm saying. When, when it comes, God, when God, when you're walking with God, God fights for you. But what I'm saying, many times we're going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to. And, and, and David is going, wait a minute. God fights for me. He's on my side. Engage God in the battle with you. 2 Samuel 22, verses 2 through 4. David, he sang, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. Wow. Verses 33 and 37 in the same chapter, chapter 22, 2 Samuel 22. God is my fortress. He makes my way perfect. He makes me as a sure-footed deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. Praise the Lord. Psalms 3 and verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. How much you? God's your shield. God said to Abraham, look, this is all after. God said to Abraham, way back there, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Now here we have in Samuel, he's declaring that. In Deuteronomy, it's being declared. In Psalms, it's being declared. And he's still your shield today. Amen? Listen to Psalms 18, verses 31 to 39. Listen to this. For who is God besides Yahweh? And who is a rock? Only our God. God, he clothes me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me securely on the high. He trains my hands for war. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand upholds me. What do we have? What's part of our armor? What do we take up? The shield of what? Faith. Hallelujah. Lord of God. I get myself happy here tonight. Your right hand upholds me, and your humility exalts me. You widen a place beneath me for my steps. My ankles do not give way, or my Achilles tendon. I pursue my enemies and overtake them. I do not turn back until they are wiped out. I crush them. They cannot get up. They fall beneath my feet. You have clothed me with strength for battle. You have subdue my adversary beneath me. Psalms 115, verses 9 through 18. Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord add to your numbers both you both yours and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. It's not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any of those descending into the silence of death, but we will praise the Lord both now and forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? Because he's our shield. He's our protector. Glory to God. Look at your outline here. I have to, I'll quit right there. But, but it says that the, the definition of the word shield is migna. It means a shield. The small one or a buckler. Figuratively, it means a protector. It also means the scaly hide of a crocodile. 
Look what I put down next underneath that. Sometimes we just need some thick-skinned faith. We got too many soft-skinned Christians. You need the scaly hide of a crocodile. Glory to God. If people run around getting all offended, upset, worried, completely. <laughs> you need to get some scales on you. Need the, you're, you're God. You're, you're, you're in God. You're in Christ. He's your shield. He, he's like a, an alligator skin. The scaly hide of a cross. It's like amazing stuff. Protective covering over our lives. Amen. Come on. The only way to fail in prayer is to not show up. Amen. And the only way to fail in faith is to give up on God's word. Where do you got? I'm going to buy this CD, listen to myself tomorrow. So how do you do that? You need to remain fully convinced. Fully convinced. Fully convinced. You must remain fully convinced. You know, it's interesting when you think about Jesus saying to a whole church, Hey guys, go back to your first love. Go back to that day you were fully convinced. Amen. I was crazy when I first got saved. I'm more normal than I used to be. Amen. Amen. Patties, you know. I'm asking God to make me crazy again. Amen. I mean, I used to just believe you could do this stuff. I mean, know what I'm saying? I mean, literally, I was going to Bible. You've heard me say it. I'm in Bible school. I walked up to a building. I put my hands and my feet on the wall of a building and claimed a job. Going to Bible school. I'm in there. I'm just studying a message on faith. I, I read Joshua. Whatsoever the soul thy foot shall tread upon that I've given unto you. I said, all right, I believe that. Because the, the day before, I, I, I put in an application there. I, they, they had an application. I wasn't just going in there out of the blue expecting them to make up my name. But I'd put in an application. I'd filled out an application. On Tuesday... And, and on Wednesday night, we, we had Bible school, and, 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 and that night in Bible school, we, we, we were studying on faith, the, 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 one of the classes was on faith, and so, and I'd read that, and we, we'd had a preacher there, Jack Reddick, and he'd talked about that, and teaching people how to live by faith, and so, I mean, I'm just a, just a brand new believer, I'm just young enough and stupid enough in God to believe this stuff works. Some of us have gotten too old and too smart in God to believe God anymore. Well, I'll just move right along. Anyway... So I'm in there, and, 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 and I'm in bed. I'm, I'm reading the book and the lesson for the night. And there's that verse, Whithersoever the soul thy foot shall tread upon, I've given that unto you. So I just got up and got dressed, drove down there, parked out in front of that building, began walking around. It had sidewalk on two sides on a corner, and I couldn't get all the way around there, but I could go up one side and down the other side, and I kept walking back and forth in front of it, and then for some reason, I didn't know where the, where the manager's office was, but there were some panel windows like the prayer wall right here and, and next to it, so I just got up next to it as close as I could, and, and, and right by those windows, I just put my foot up there. I put my hand on there and said, Father, I thank you. I have a job with NorCal Cable Vision. I don't have to travel over it anymore. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Walked around, and I'm walking around praying in tongues on the sidewalk people driving by I just look like one of those guys in San Francisco that you see all the time walking amen so I just look like that who cares who cares they didn't need the job I did amen so I'm just walking around carrying on having a good time in the I go home 
The next day was Thursday. The next day is Thursday. And so the union had sent me to Roseville. I was in, we were in Yuba City. The reunion sent me to Roseville to pour a one-day job of curb and gutter in a trailer park that they were building. So we went down there, poured this curb and gutter, pouring concrete. In the middle of the day, while I'm pouring concrete, the guy goes, what are you going to do this winter? And, and, and be, before, did the next thing, Adam, before I even thought, I said, I have a job with NorCal Cablevision. I'm going to work for the cable company. That's what I'm doing. I'm going about finishing. He said, okay. I mean, he didn't ask me how I know or anything. I just, because I just boldly said, I have a job. Okay. Do you know what happened on Friday? I didn't have a job on Friday. It was a one-day job. So on Friday, I had a day off. So I got up Friday morning. I'm driving over... My parents, I'm living with my parents, I'm 25, I'm saying my parents, Sue lives in Marysville, so we're 10 miles apart, so I'm driving from Yuba City over to Marysville, and back in those days, we didn't have pocket phones, we had real phones, so if you needed a phone, you had to be in a building where a phone was, and so I'm in between phones. So I leave my parents' house, driving to Sue's house, her parents' house. She's with her parents, so I'm driving over there. And by the time I leave my house, my parents' house, to get to her house, I get there. And her mom says, you, you need to go back home. Your dad called and the cable company called. They want you to come down for an interview. Okay. So from Wednesday night to Friday morning, I get called in for an interview. Amen. And then I go down and I, I sit in the office and I get taken right into the manager's office. He goes, I'm reading over your application here. And da, da, da. he goes, well, I said, well, this is the problem, sir. I said, uh, I'm, I'm, I got a call of God on my life. I'm working for the union. I'm doing concrete work. They're sending me all over Timbuktu. I can't go to Bible school and travel all over and go to Susanville and every place else and pour concrete and go to Bible. I, I need a job here locally. And he sits there and goes, well, we're not hiring. We don't really need anybody. This, he literally said, we don't really need anybody, but go back there and tell the guy we're going to hire you. <laughs> he told me he didn't need me. And then he said, we're going to hire you. I said, cool. And turned out he, he, he was a, 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 a Mormon elder in his church there. And, and I worked for him for those almost two and a half years. And then... <laughs> When we got called into the ministry, I worked for him all the time, all the way through Bible school, got called into ministry, and I went to his office. I said, his name was Glenn Hansvik. I said, Glenn, I said, we've been called into the ministry, given an opportunity to go to Bernie, go on staff church. He said, man, I love it when people get promotions. <laughs> Amen. But see, back then, I was stupid enough to believe this stuff. That's my, we, you, you know, we've got all kinds of testimonies like that. When was the last time you were stupid enough to believe God? Because, see, you have to be out of your natural mind. You have to be stupid. The world looks at you because faith is stupid compared. I, I, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. or, or you, You're just going to have to be stupid. It's, people say, well, that's stupid. I would never do that. That's just stupid. I'd never walk around and pray. I want to believe God. Well, have you ever got a job? No, I have. It's not stupid if it works. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so, but, but to people and to the normal faith looks stupid. I remember when, when the guy lost his axe in the river and came to the prophet. I lost my axe. We'll go throw this stick in there. 
you throw the stick in the water, the axe head floats up. That does, and, it, and it gets on the stick. It swims onto the stick. So you got to be stupid enough to put the stick in the water. Believing that an axe said, here, axie, axie, axie. You know, I, I do that when I fish. Here, fishy, fishy, fishy. But I, don't, I don't go, here, axie, axie, axie. Amen. I was fishing one time. My sunglasses fell off, and I watched them. It was real clear up there. The cables, like I watched them float right down the bottom. I see the wind. Here, glass, a glass, a glass. Amen. How many know what I'm saying? Well, then listen what we do. Well, that won't work. Well, that worked for you. You're special. No, I'm not. I'm just a little bitty microphone that believes that if I let God's word, if I receive his word, that he'll get it amplified through my life. Amen? All right. That's how it works. But you have to remain fully convinced. Amen. I'll, 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 even go, I'll even go here. I dare you. I'll go here. You know what? I, I'm thankful we have health insurance. Do you know what we had before we had health insurance? Faith. But now that we have health insurance, you know what we go to first? I'll just leave it right there. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. If you don't have, if you don't have insurance, or if you don't have money, Amen. Those days when you had to pray in food, when you had to pray in things, when you, when you had to believe God for provision for supply. Amen. Yeah. Pastor, why saying? Because we have to. You, we have to fight becoming content and complacent. To live by faith, it's always oppressed. To go to that place of faith, you have to push yourself out. Beyond what you can do. Hear me this morning, this evening. His word is still anointed today. God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. So the word of God is still anointed today. So the deficiency is not in the word. Amen? The problem is not in the word. All right? This is still Jesus' ministry. Anybody believe that? Still the ministry of Jesus. He's still preaching to us today. Same as he did then. He's pre- he went about preaching. So the word is still preaching today. And his word is still with power. Amen? Yeah. His word is still with power. It's the word that carries the power, not a special man. People run off. Oh, I just want to get so-and-so to pray for me. Why? Why do you need somebody special to pray for you? They're no better than you are. There's gifts. Yes, there's gifts. And there's ministries and there's gifts to men. I'm a pastor. I'm doing that. But at the same way, the word is what works. Not the man. The word. It's what's in the man. The word in the man. If he's a man of God, he'll have the word woman of God. They'll have the word in them. And it's the word that is producing. Are you with me? So there are ministries set in the church. And these special ministries work as the spirit wills. So... And there are even special ministries, but they will fail without the Word. Amen? The Word is the key. So, a lot of things, the Holy Spirit works as the Spirit will. And when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, you need somebody, you need somebody operating in the gifts. 
So if I'm waiting for somebody to operate in the gifts of healing and, and, and in miracles and signs and wonders, if I'm running around for that, then I run all over the place find to get that to be at the right place at the right time by gift. But the Word produces always. Yes, amen. Brother Hagin taught years ago seven ways to be healed. Seven ways to receive your healing. You know what the highest way was or the best way was? The Word. Amen. That by the Word you can get healed anytime. The Word works. The Word is always present with you, always works, always active, always powerful. And you don't need somebody to deliver it to you. All right, don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. So the Word will work at all times for anyone who will stand upon it. And this is our battleground. When it comes to the Word, this is our battleground. The only, thing I have to, the only thing I have to give you is the Word of God. I don't have anything else to give you. Nothing else will produce except the Word. And so if I'm preaching the Word, that Word will cause... Look at Paul. Paul's preaching, and he looks at the young man, and he says, I perceive you have faith to be healed. Stand up! The young man stood up. But what, what was causing him faith to come alive? The Word that Paul was declaring was releasing faith in that young man. You know what's so great about God's Word? You can open this up and this thing will preach its lights out to you. God will preach the house down around you. Just out of His own Word. Glory to God. I'm getting happy myself. Amen. So, the Word can be declared without reservation because of our covenant promise and provision in Christ. Now let me just finish with these last few thoughts tonight. Our struggle is not with God. I come across so many people trying to arm wrestle God, trying to move God. We are not in a confrontation with God. You don't have to move God. God already moved on our behalf. He moved in Christ on our behalf. We're completely redeemed, reconciled in Christ. Amen? We're not in a battle with Him. The battle is against our unbelief. That's where the battle is. What is that? It's those thoughts, those ideas, those concepts in our mind that speak against the Word of God and render the covenant non-effective in our lives. If I go back to Luke chapter 5, we're reading it there. Here he is. He's in the building. He's, he's sitting in there, and here's all these people around him, and the power of God is there present to heal. And nothing's happening until four guys bring their friend and rip the roof off. And the power of God is there present to heal everybody. And nobody gets healed. The one with the issue of blood, there's a whole crowd pressing on you, pushing in, touching him, touching him, doing that. And, and, so, and, and they all have concept that whatever they're doing, there's something going on in their minds. They're there for a reason. They're, they're, they, they're, there's a thought process that they've been going through that brought them to crowd around Jesus. They didn't just show up there, the whole crowd not showing up. I wonder why I'm here. Do you understand what I'm trying to say right here? They're, 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 re, they're, they're processing in their mind. Here's Jesus. They're around Him. And so whatever they're thinking, whatever's going on in them, they're not receiving anything. But one woman fights her way through, literally crawls through, reaches out, and doesn't even touch Him. She brushes the edge of His garment. And with that contact, power goes out of Him into her in, 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 in such a dynamic way that he, he feels power 
And he stops and Jesus literally said, who touched me? And listen to what the disciples said. The disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? What do you, how can you say who touched me? Look at the people. You're smothered right now with people pawing all over you. No, he said, somebody, somebody touched me for I perceive power has gone out of me. And that's what I'm saying, that when it comes to faith, you and I, if we're going through it, we can be in around. But, but if we're not experiencing the release of power, if our faith is not making that demand that brings that relief, we're just in the crowd pawning, pawing on Jesus. But no power is being released. Are you with me? So, those are those thoughts, those ideas and concepts in our mind that speak against the Word of God and render the covenant non-effective in our life. So then when that happens and we go through that season, then we just settle down into, well, it's not that bad. I, I can put up with it. It's okay. Instead of refusing and fighting through. This is the battleground, guys. This is our battleground. Okay? Our battles are against the Goliaths in life that come out to defy the armies of the living God. If, if you really listen to what David, David understood covenant better than anybody in his generation. That's why he was a friend of God. David knew how to call upon covenant with God. What David said to Goliath, David didn't say, I'm going to kill you. David said, you come against me with the sword and the spear. I come against you in the name of the Lord. David said this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This man without a covenant with God to defy the armies of God. David knew that the moment God, Goliath spoke in defiance against God, Goliath signed his own death certificate. Goliath died when he spoke against God. Because Israel is God's people. And, we, and He is their shield. He is their defender. He is the one who subdues their enemies under their feet. We read what David said. God, you, you have subdued my enemy under my feet. David said, I'm not coming at you with the sling. David said, I come against you in the name of the Lord. And God will deliver you into my hand. And this day, I will cut your head off without a sword. The only sword on the battlefield was Goliath. David didn't have a sword. That's what he said. The little kid to the giant is saying, I am going to cut your head off. And I don't even have a sword. Goliath said, with what? It does. Do, do, you understand? Do, do you understand that? David is declaring things that be not as though they were. Faith, that, that declaration, declaring that, speaking that, that has to be in you so strongly. Amen. If we don't, because if we don't, if every believer, 
That's God's promise to everybody. If we don't, you know what happens? Now I need somebody else to get it for me. And that's where the church in America has come to. We just have become dependent on somebody to get it by their faith and give it to me. And if I go get in their meeting, I may be in their meeting where I get it from them. And God never told us to go get it from them. God brought us in. You've been reconciled to God. You have access to the Father. We have, every believer has access. There, there's times that we pray one for another, but most of the time, many times what we're ministering one to another is not we're supposed to be ministering to the believers all the time. We're supposed to be ministering life to those who've never experienced life, that they might come to know Christ. Well, I'll move right along, praise the Lord. So whenever there's a challenge, we have to determine how we will respond. Always remember that we're not fighting a single battle, but we are in a war. And wars are not won or lost by one victory or one defeat. A faith defeat, a struggle, and that, that's not about, this is a war. This is not a single battle. We're fighting to the end. Amen? In the day Christ walked on the earth, people had become accustomed to living in defeat. Because the word of God had been made of no effect by the traditions of men. Jesus fought to break through that barrier and reaffirm the promise of God to his people. That's my job as your pastor. Just to keep breaking through the barriers. The thoughts that come up. I just need to keep hammering at those thoughts. Hammer those barriers. Come on, we can do this. We can receive by faith. Amen? Amen. You know what? I, in fact, I forget who I was telling. Oh, there's a young man, uh, uh, Tony and Pandora's son, uh, Christian, going, going into the Navy. And, and I bought him a little journal. I said, here, you know what? Keep this. And just as you're praying, write down what God says. You can do this and keep this on, on, on your journey here. I said, you know, it's important to leave a paper trail. I said, I have a Bible in my office. It was my grandfather's Bible. And see, my Bible, you, if you get my Bible, if I leave this to my kids, I mean, I've written all over in it, done everything and stuff. And, and uh, so uh, I even do it back in the, in the back, back here. I write in the, an underline in the concordance. <laughs> but in that. But Grandpa, Grandpa's Bible, he had one verse. One verse underlined. My grandpa preached the gospel over 56 years. He had one verse. In Psalms. I've been young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed out begging for bread. The only verse in this whole Bible underlined was the declaration of the faithfulness of God. That I've been young and now when I was young and now that I'm old, God has never failed. And if we get that down on the inside of us, it doesn't matter what age I'm at, what stage I'm at, God will never fail. Amen. So the power was present to heal. The power of God is present to heal because God is present to perform or keep His covenant promise to His people. God's power and ability are not manifest until the demand is placed upon His promise. See, lots of people were touching Jesus, but nobody was making a demand. A touch is not a demand. It's a demand. Sunday morning before church, Dr. Sam and I are in my office. And I said, let's pray. 
And we have guest speakers. I'll join hams and I'll pray before service. And this is what I pray. I say, Father, I place a demand on the gift that you placed inside of them today. I demand that that gift comes out and ministers to your people that are in this house today. Because God put a gift in them. Proverbs says that wisdom is bound in the heart of a man and a wise man will draw it out. And so when you start placing demand, so God gives gifts unto men. So Sam Huddleston is a gift unto men. Amen. So our purpose, well, I'm going to place a demand on the gift. He's a gift to me. He's a gift to this body. He's here to minister that. So I'm going to make a demand. I'm going to place a demand on that gift. Were you ministered to? Did the gift speak to you? Did it reach you? Okay. When, when you understand that, and but so just going around and hanging around, but you have to make a demand, place a demand upon the gift to work. All right, let's close with this. No one in Luke 5 made a covenant demand on that power, but something different happened in the next verse. In Luke chapter 6, you can read that power went out from Jesus, that they brought multitudes, and power went out from him when they were making a demand. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus said that there are those here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come with power. Acts chapter 1, 8, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. The woman with the issue of blood made a demand on that power. Blind Bartimaeus, the Tim Lepers, the Centurion, Jairus, for his daughter, a father of a blind lunatic, and on and on. They did so not even knowing at times because they had a birthright to the promise. If we would become convinced of our birthright in Christ, things would change dramatically. Amen. The power that flows without a demand being placed upon its is wild and destructive and not of God. See, there's, there's electricity in here, and we're, when we flip a switch, we place a demand. But it's channeled through a switch, through wires. It's, under, it's power under control. Do you understand that? Power under control. And you place a demand on it. You take that power out of control. You drive down the road where the power line gets on, and those power lines are flopping out. The same power that's getting here to turn the lights on, but that power out of control is destructive. You understand it? So, electricity upon demand produces light and heat. Electricity uncontrolled produces fire and death. So the Word of God still carries the power to heal, deliver, and set free. The anointing still breaks the yoke. And we have a birthright to walk in the provision of the covenant that God made with His Son on our behalf. So we can plug into the power of the promise of God. If man in the natural can give his whole life to search for a natural cure for the ailments of humanity, how much more should we live to see the fulfillment of God's promise come to pass in the lives of His people? Amen? Amen? Father, tonight I pray for each and every one here. Lord, I pray that something from your word has ignited something inside of them. Lord, that tonight there would be a stirring, a, a, a rekindling, something ignited to a place of anticipation, expectancy, and even to a willingness to once again place a demand upon the covenant that we have with you through our birthright in Christ. Father, I thank you for faith coming alive. Lord, I thank you for the gifts and the blessing and the ministries you place in our life. 
But Father, above that, you set your word. We're born again by the word. We're healed by the word. We're delivered by the word. And Father, anytime somebody ministers to us, it comes by the power of your word. Father, let us once again have reassuring, heart-building faith in your living word. We give you honor and praise tonight in Jesus' 